ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and everybody in between. Welcome to another episode of the Chaps Chat Cats. My name's Jake, and I'm joined on a pretty glorious Monday evening by two exceptional gentlemen, Sambo and Johnny. How are you, chaps? Yeah, pretty good. Good? Yes. Pretty good. Enjoying this glorious, glorious weather. A bit windy still. Is it? Just a bit windy. Well, it's my, at my end of town, it's a bit windy. The wind must be dying somewhere around the bridge. Yeah, it it's 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 completely fucking still out there. I was just out there mowing the lawn again, as I as we tend to do before a podcast. Yep. Uh, mm. Not a not a breeze. Not a breeze. Yeah, well, looks like some of my trees could get blown over in the in the wind soon. <laughs> maybe the wind. Has, maybe it's a really slow, strong breeze that just hasn't made maybe. it. Traveling yeah. through town, like <laughs> any second. I think there's a conspiracy there. to be Whoa. formed, saying you guys don't actually live in the same town. Despite Possibly. you constantly saying it's conspiracy you do, that it's actually... a simulation. Well, That's there's right. another phenomena that happens when it sometimes rains. My end, and then it won't be raining at mm. Sam's end, and vice sometimes versa. It, sometimes it rains at my end, and I have to go and see a doctor about that. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, boy! Not when you're oh, in boy. raining. Let's just no, not no. particularly what you want raining. No. Not even a little. Um, big show. They all are. They're all big show. All big. Shows. All big. Um, some, tell you what, some are bigger than others. The off-season off season isn't here yet for us, and we're going to discuss the reason why uh, for the majority of this episode. But I will say, it's only early. We can't really say anything about it yet. But I think there's some exciting stuff that's going to happen this off-season. That's going to just supercharge the Chaff Chat Cats in oh, 2024. Yes. So I can't talk about it, but I'm just putting it out there. I think it's good stuff. Everyone it's who good, listens, good start just. Yeah, send us your good vibes. It's manifest good vibes coming that shit. Going I think there's good stuff on the way. Mm. Absolutely. Uh, speaking of good vibes, as always, let's get into a match that was definitely full of good vibes by the end, but. A really interesting one, this one. The Cats travelled up to take on the Tigers at Icon Park. Kicked the opening two goals of the game via the boot of Chloe Shear and Georgie Prasparkas, or the boots of. They don't share a boot. They each have a boot. Each of them kicked a goal off their respective boots. Imagine if that um, was Isn't it lovely, the, the budget the that they've finally put into the <laughs> AFL? <AFL-W. laughs> yeah. That's no, right. Like, this is fantastic. Boots. Really good funding. Gil's like, oh, I um, guess you can allow the- your own shoes. <laughs> This is, yeah, for 2024, the equipment budget has to uh, yeah. go up. And stop yep. the damn clock. I'm sick of losing time. Point is, Cats kicked the first two goals in the first five minutes. And I thought, oh, boy, we are on here. We are on. Um, the Cats then didn't kick another goal until the three-minute mark of the final quarter. But rather than, than that being cause for dismay, chaps, no one kicked a goal. Until that one by Geelong's Ashling Maloney at the three minute 18 mark of the final quarter. It was an exchange of behinds. The Cats, you know, th- this gave the illusion, if you were just looking at the scoreboard worm, of a game that was close. But this game was not 
particularly close. It was made close by the fact that Geelong could not take their chances around goal. They end up kicking 6-13-49 to 1-5. The final quarter, Geelong finally got reward for effort. Four goals to, uh, to Richmond's one goal two. They run out Geelong 38-point victors, which was thoroughly deserving given the way they had sheer weight of numbers inside 50. Um, in general, just look like the team more likely to play proactive football chaps. Uh, what were your thoughts on the match? What were your takeaways? You go first, Sam. I think I went oh, last oh, week, so you oh, go oh. first, Sam. Oh, what, a, what a gentleman. Very gregarious. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm all the fighter. Don't drink the wine um, he just gave wow. you. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've I've chucked a, the spanner in the works again, like Jake John, was to us last week. That's you, right. You're all flustered just, again. Yeah, well, I got to <laughs> recap this thing. I got to give thoughts on it. Jesus. Um, yeah, it was a. I was chatting to Johnny in the old vehicle uh, the other day about it and saying that it was, you know, our first we our first sort of takeaway that was that it was a, a bit frustrating early. And then we're like, well, it wasn't actually that frustrating early. We were playing very well. There was just this overarching sense that it could get frustrating later in the game. And as, as Johnny pointed out, you know, the commentators couldn't help but talk about how strong the Tigers finish and how strong they're going to finish. And, oh, look out. Here we go. What player is that? I don't know. And <laughs> that, that, that it was um, – but, but we were playing very, very well and just not converting, you know, Super, which was a story we've seen before, but it didn't have that same sense of frustration at that point to me. Like it just felt like we were playing so well that I really felt like it was gonna, it was gonna come good. That you know there was obviously that kind of a bit of a a nervousness around the um the back half of the game, but like yeah, I was just I thought on top of the last couple of weeks, I thought we improved, uh, you know at least marginally in most areas. Um, I really, I really felt like it was a, um, a, a really good showing and that, you know, if, if we had have just converted, then I can't imagine a more dominant game really like mm. um, it's yeah. just an abs- absolute flogging really um, in, in so, so many areas. I think uh um, sorry, I was just just bringing up the stats here. Um, I I felt like our delivery inside fifty was still a little little questionable, but I did think it's probably the biggest improvement we've seen this year. Like I didn't think it was consistently where it needed to be, but there were noticeable times this year when you went, man, that was a good inside fifty. You know, we missed the final kick or we didn't quite clunk the mark, but at least those deliveries, you know, because we were often talking, is the issue the midfield delivery or is it the way we're forming up in the in the forward line. And I feel like this game, you could see real clear, distinct times when it was the delivery that was the issue. And then really clear, distinct times when it was the, the people, you know, the, the, whatever was happening at the end of the delivery, mm. that was the issue. Uh, and so that was just kind of encouraging for me to see, I guess, even when, when there was issues and you're going, Oh my God, how many times can we, you know, narrowly miss a really good, what mm. would have been a really good goal. Um, it was at least good to see those like, you know, those really um, either incisive low uh, kicks to a chest, specifically from from Emonson. I thought hers, you know, we, we talked about hers were 
she had a couple of absolutely brilliant deliveries into the 50. Mm. Or there was just that little thing that we've all of us have brought up, that little chip around a couple of times where you go near the 50 and then you go to the edge of the 50, then you go just a little bit further inside 50 and then maybe you hit up that final target or have, have the shot. There was just a couple of those times when you were going, even if we didn't convert it, this is how you get inside 50. This is the variety of ways you can get inside 50. So I guess I did focus on that a little bit for the whole game because it's what I've been harping on for a lot. So I was really focused on that, that sort of final... 25% of the of the play. Um and yeah, it was just a it was just a really good time. And then it felt like a really rewarding but nerve-wracking three quarters. And then just a, a little celebration to cap it off in the fourth quarter. <laughs> Even though we let him get a goal. I was devastated when we actually let oh, him yeah. on the board. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> that was fun. I didn't deserve it. No. No. No shit. Yeah, no, it was, were, it was dis- disappointing that they got a goal. Yeah. I'll just say this, Johnny, before you launch into your thoughts. Um, Katie Brennan, I reckon, had more Suki Lala moments than disposals. And she oh, had yeah. a few disposals. She had 15. But the amount of times it was like, oh, why didn't I win a free kick? I, I just thought there was a lot of sooking. There was a lot of, I don't know. I, I, I really came away feeling like that could have been 60, 70 points. They didn't mm. seem that good. They turned up, were prepared to play pretty negative football. Um, Despite the best efforts of the commentary team to jazz it up as a contest, I thought there was one side that wanted to play a style of footy that was worth watching and a style of footy that's worth employing, and another team that just wanted to stuff around, yeah. block up space, and maybe try and hit you on the counter-attack. I was, I was very happy that we put them to the sword in the end because I didn't think they deserved anything from it, personally. And they had a good, as you said, a <laughs> away, really Johnny. good sook. Like, as I said to you oh. guys early in the game, they were... Just frustrated, the Tigers. So they just played frustrated mm. and continued to sook and whine and complain when things didn't go their go their way, which didn't in this game because the Cats were just far too good for Richmond. But you can see even yeah. like the the best midfielder in the game in Monconti couldn't do anything. Like she was pretty inept in her game style. Um, for the whole she had the sook game, just, then. she did something. Yeah, there was um, there was only one real good play by Richmond, and that was when they went from our forward fifty into their forward fifty off a nice play. But that was about it. There was there was not much of Richmond's game that you could say that's a good game of football. But on the Cats of the hand, it was definitely the best game the Cats have played all year, and they employed everything that we've been asking for: good inside fifties. Good use of disposals. I, th- I feel like everyone had really high disposal efficiency. Um, I don't think there was too many turnovers. And I think the main one was just being able to keep the ins um the ball inside our board fifty. That was a major win, I thought. And mainly and that was probably where the main frustration came from was we had all this domination, we just kept kicking those behinds. That was the only one that was like, ugh. only if we kick these goals, those goals would have been over at halftime, basically. But it's what it is. They they never gave up the Cats, which is a really positive sign. They never lobbed that head to going, oh, we kicked another behind. Oh, we kicked another behind. It was, right, we kicked a behind. Let's keep it in here. Let's keep attacking them, pressing them, pressuring them. And, yeah, it just worked on every level. And I thought every player played their part 
extremely well. And it just showed when that midfield and forward line helped defend, the defenders have such a easy day because the, the defence is such a rock-solid unit that it's, it's hard to score against, and Richmond couldn't score against it until they got a pretty easy cheek one at the back in the last quarter in what would, what they normally say is junk time. So overall, really impressive performance by the Cats. The definition of junk time goal. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and one where I think they'll go, that's if we can play like that and we can score goals, then that's the game style that can beat anyone in the league. And that's really exciting to see them play that style. That could beat anyone if... We can just get that conversion rate a bit higher, but you know, it's still all positives. Not many, not many negatives coming out of this round, which is really, really good sign. I thought th- this is one of those games too that we're like you were just talking about Mon Conti. Like you have to watch the games because if you look at the mm. stats, you go, well, Mon Conti had thirty-one touches, seven clearances, and six tackles. And yet, I thought there were players for Geelong, players even for Richmond with, with fewer touches who were far more effective. And look, it goes for some of Geelong's players too. There, there's going to be players in my votes who maybe won't be in the AFL's, the, you know, the AFLW's official votes, etc. Um, doesn't come down to weight of numbers. Like the Tigers had more disposals than the Cats. Um, the, the Tigers won the clearances. They won uncontested possessions. Or, you know, there's there's num there's different areas you could look at and go, oh, the Tigers actually won that. But felt like the Cats won it all where it counted. Uh, Sambo, you were about to launch into something before I jammed that point in there. Uh, no, I was just about to. I mean, uh, just piggyback and and um, add on to Johnny talking about mm. the Cats' ability to keep it inside fifty. Um, and if you look at if you look at both the the uh, the contested marks, um, which was twelve mm. to three. In the cat's way, um, and then the tackles inside fifty is eighteen to three. Um, yeah. Like it, that's <laughs> that's that's an absolute domination. And I believe the inside fifties were um, forty or fifty something to nineteen. Fifty, fifty to nineteen. 50. Mm. Um, so not only do we have more than more than double their inside fifties, but our efficiency inside fifty was also uh, you know the best part of double. Really, it was thirty six to fifty six. Um, so like that's you know that's great. I think I think our marks inside fifty. I'd like to see probably a little more than nine from fifty yeah. inside. <laughs> but that's at this point you just kind of, I guess you're uh, you're nitpicking, but you're also just thinking about what happens when you come up against someone that's going to put up more of a fight than Richmond. You go, okay, we can do all this stuff. We're seeing what we can do, but we're really going to have to make some of that stuff count by one converting the shots, uh, but also by making sure we, we have some of those um, inside 50s turn into marks that can lead to shots or at least lead to a, another, you know, lining someone else up. Like, I did feel like we see a lot inside 50, this kind of, like, just a whole heap of players go up for it. And you look at it, like, you know, three seconds before the ball lands, you're watching it, you're going, no one's going to mark this. No, like, not, like yeah. not only us, but, like, the defense yeah. as well. you just kind of like, this is just, like, like five players are all just going to get tangled up in each other and it's going to end up being a ball up. Like it's effective for a territory battle to kind of go, well, we've got a ball up in inside there inside yeah. 50, but I don't think we're that great at converting stop it like ball ups into goal, goals or even yeah. like shots on goal either. Um, so I guess 
while we're on the subject of nitpicking, I would like to see those inside 50s keep getting ratcheted up and perfected into more genuine marking uh, possibilities as opposed to just kick it to where there's some, some warm bodies. Um, yeah. Or gets, you know, start getting yeah. to see a few more set plays around a, uh, a stoppage inside the, the, uh, the opposition 50. Um, to be able to use that. If you're going to play, you're going to use Georgie Prisabarkas' bomb, get it in there, hope for a ball up, and then have some real effective ways of, of cutting up the defense. Um, but that's just something, that we'll, you know, it's not like I'm, I think we should be doing that right now, but it would be really nice to see if this is the way we're going to approach inside it's something 50. something to work on. Yeah. It's like something that they it's can only... look at and definitely work on, and it's going to be good fun. Sorry, Jake, you go. I was just going to say, it's only marginal, but the Tigers actually did have a higher percentage of, of their inside 50s as marks inside 50. They mm -hmm. had four marks inside 50 from their nine, 19 entries, which was uh, 21%. We had 18%. We only got nine marks inside 50 from 50 entries, which as, as it's, it's marginal, but it does show that we could probably do a bit better. And I don't know about Definitely. you chaps, but I think some of it, some of the kicking in general, I think we should highlight some of the the great stuff that happened. That Chantel Emonson kick oh, to Ashley Maloney was just like, mm. you could not kick a footy any fucking better than what Chantel Emonson did um, to set up Maloney. Best, but best part was she did it twice. She had two kicks that were just absolute bullets inside yeah. 50 straight to a player. Breaking. I think she actually breaking. did three. But one of them, the mark wasn't clear. Yeah. I think that um, might have been Perry. Yeah. Might have just dropped that one. Yeah. It was, yeah she definitely had three. Was... I've, I'm, I've just checked. She mm. definitely had three inside 50s. I don't know that the third one was definitely another of those really good I kicks. Feel like I thought it was. Because mm. that was when I messaged you guys and I was like, Chantel Emerson looks like our most likely yeah. delivery inside 50. Like, um, yeah, those, to those absolutely no okay. one's surprise. Oh. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, I mean, sort of to my surprise in terms that you kind of go, you don't see her do it that much. She was, she was no. definitely floating yeah, very deep, yeah. Um, which was, I guess, is the luxury of having a team on the back foot. Your your yeah. back line and your mm. your halfbacks can wander up and have a have a little bit of a crack as well. I feel like that that may be come on more of a, a really good set play by the cats if there is a mark inside in like that midfield. Emerson's going to come running through like this, she did with when Parry had it in the midfield and just get it, and then she's able to pass a bullet like she did to Maloney. And that that whole play was just sensational by the Cats. And when I was sort of at the end of the third quarter, I was like, "Are we going to get another goal in this game? Is there going to be another goal?" It doesn't feel likely for me the team. And then that play happened, and it was like, "Oh, look at that! That was fantastic!" and Got the ball rolling, but yeah, that Chantel Emerson kick was those kicks. Like she needs to, she needs to be moved. Other, yeah, as I said, get more opportunities like that by with those set to the plays wings. or get moved up onto that wing. Play more of that Isaac Smith type I, role is yeah, because yeah, just yeah, the kind of a player with good player with a good kick like that inside fifty, not playing around fifty. Chantal Emmons had three mm. inside 50s, four score involvements. Um, but yeah. I will just point out Georgie Prasparkas, who had six inside 50s and six score involvements. Like, it's, mm. there's definitely an efficiency thing going on here because I think it was Amy McDonald 
not to at all diss Amy McDonald because, you know, obviously she was a beast as always. Mm. Um, but I do think her kicks are, again, one of those, the kicking style that doesn't necessarily lend itself to inside mm. 50s resulting yeah. in a mark, um, uh, especially, a, yeah. a, you know, a, an easy mark um, because she had 70 inside 50s but only three score involvements. Um, but uh, you, did did see, Chantel... you did see her kick it in, uh, in there a lot. Chantal Anderson was kicking at 92% efficiency, mm. disposable efficiency. Yeah. That is. And, and it's not like she didn't have many disposals. She had 14 and 11 of them were black foot. So she was absolutely mm. like dealing. Um, dealing. And I think like it's interesting to like contrast, like as you said, Amy McDonald, like a lot of the ball put it inside 50 a lot. But when at 50% disposal efficiency, you look at Prasparkas, who had the six score involvements from six inside 50s, 70.4% mm. disposal efficiency. Chantal Emerson, three inside 50s, had four score involvements at 92.9%. Um, I, I, really I don't know about you, chaps. Stat. I was just, sorry, Joe, just to jump yeah. in there on the efficiency. No, I really liked how there was only one player below 50% disposal efficiency, which was Chloe Shear. And I don't think Shear really got much of the ball. This game, where, where is she? She she only had seven disposals. Seven disposals, twenty eight percent efficiency. But you know, to only have player one player below fifty percent efficiency is you know, really good. I think that's a really positive sign for the cats that the whole team has lifted in that area nicely. Yeah, and and I think. Um... The other thing is too, like some of that probably w would be sheer kick two behinds. So yeah. there's probably two disposals. I'm assuming that count as being ineffective. Uh, I, I would assume she might have had some other shots from memory that, you know, might have bounced out of play as well, like yeah. snapping opportunities. Just trying to pull it yeah. out the top drawer of my my brain hole. Um, she only had five kicks. So. I, I've, for me, part of the um like inside 50 thing comes from speed. I think that is one thing you saw them do in the last quarter was they, like the week before against Collingwood, they moved the ball so much quicker in the last term. And and by hand, I didn't actually do the math, but on the recap pod last week, we talked about how Geelong's two most effective scoring quarters, two most effective quarters were when they had a better mix of handball and kick. The, the two middle quarters against Collingwood, I think Geelong combined for like 35 handballs total, but they had 30 plus handballs in each individual quarter in the first and final. So I thought there was a bit more of that, a bit more moving the ball with pace and Richmond absolutely could not handle it when we did that. And I think some of that goes for kicking the ball inside 50 as well. I think there's a few players still who probably just need to trust what they're seeing a little bit more see the space, hit the space, see the lead, hit the lead. Don't overthink it. You might not actually get a better secondary lead or, you know, a third opportunity or a fourth opportunity. Sometimes if you see it, just try and hit it as soon as you see it. Have a bit more faith in moving the ball, you know, see it, hit it, that primary option. I don't know if that checks out to you guys in terms of the, the inside 50 yeah. movement in particular. Yeah, no, definitely. I think... When we sort of move it with pace, it really disrupted the Tigers' ability to defend it properly. And I think it's, it's goes for any team. If you move it with pace, 
teams are going to struggle to defend it well. And you saw it with the Cats when they were in Richmond had that one good, that one good play. It, they struggled a little bit to defend it properly. So yeah, I definitely agree. You know, you see a good player like Chantal Emerson, like she just saw those players making a move and kicked it straight away, and it worked out fantastically. So yeah, I definitely agree. Get it, just see a player moving and go for a shot, go for the pass. And if it doesn't pay off, and, well, it doesn't pay off. And it's a bit of that run and carry thing too. Like I thought that was mm. something we did a lot more of in, in the fourth quarter was handballing and running in waves and, and overlapping players. And if you think about the best teams in the comp, like Melbourne, that's how Melbourne destroyed us. Yeah. was it was It's not moving the ball on quickly as in slap it on your boot high and long. And if anything, I, I wish we would sometimes do less of that I still think there's a few times where we're doing that, where we're just, we're tr probably trying to drive it, you know, in one kick to a target that's actually a kick and a half away. You know, the, 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 there's a player that's, you know, 50 meters downfield. We're trying to get it there in one kick when we really, we need to split that difference and go 25 meter, 35 meter pass and then hit that next option. But that's how Melbourne absolutely killed us, was like run and carry and handball and break up our defensive lines and then just open up all the space. And, I, yeah, I feel like we did that a lot in that last quarter um, against Richmond. Definitely. Um, do you have any other sort of thoughts, like generally, like team, like team-wide general thoughts about the performance? I've got like a few players i'd like to dig into specifically and i imagine you guys too but is there any other sort of general across the board thoughts or feelings um, about the team performance <clears throat> the way we're able to shut down richmond really effectively effectively from the start to the finish and not let them get the momentum was another really good step in the right direction for the cats because you never really saw the tigers get a good full go at having the momentum and if they did get it the cats wrestled it back basically straight away or didn't let the tires have a good amount of use of it and use it effectively i thought the whole game they just patrolled and protected the ground extremely well to make sure tigers gonna get easy shots at goal and i think that was a massive step in the right direction for the cats yeah i i think yeah you're onto it. And also I talked about before the game, wanting to see some, some off ball structure. And I do think that that kind of ties into everything that you guys are talking about, both the, the link up when, when you saw that working was generally because the off ball structure is on when you, when you're not searching, you're not reaching for a, you know, 35 meter kick because you've got a really good choice between three options within a uh, much more uh, achievable range. Um, uh, likewise, you know, with what well, you're talking about, Johnny, when, when, you're, when we're able to shut it down, it's not because of the gut running. It's not because we were faster and, and playing harder. It's because by the time the ball got to where Richmond wanted the ball to go, we had people marked up, a player sitting, you know, jog back in front of the players so they didn't have a clear run in. And you really saw the difference, you know, when, when we started to get a little bit tired in junk time, how easily... Richmond transitioned from one end to the other a couple of times and you could see we were chasing we were doing we were doing that you know ball chasing as opposed to off the ball running to to mm. get into the spots that you need to get into 
before before the moment arises and so that's that's kind of normal it can't be perfect for 100 percent of the game um but it was just a, a good way of seeing that difference live because we saw how they just couldn't do anything all day and it didn't really i mean we our, mm. our pressure was intense and ferocious but i think mm. i don't think it was the most intense we've been i think we've tackled and chased harder in games that we've lost comfortably yeah, <laughs> yeah definitely um whereas this it's... was again that really smart application of yeah. of the right amount of effort to get where you need to go um and then yeah like, like the link up shake when you saw that happen really nicely it was like that's mm. it you know again it wasn't yeah. for 100 percent of the game but when you saw it you're like that's what we're after uh so it's just really nice to see progress and see what you're what you're after even if it's not for you know all four quarters yeah the cats scored on i just quickly did some math so i had 15 inside 50s for the game we only had 10 inside 50s in the last quarter and we scored six times so we scored on 40 percent of our entries inside we scored a goal on 40 percent of our entries in the last quarter and we scored something on 60 percent of our entries inside 50 in the last quarter. So it'd be pretty crazy to con compare that to the rest of the game. You know, up until that point, we'd had 13 scores from 40 entries and only two of those were goals. And then it just becomes far more efficient in the final term. But yeah, that, that actually surprises me in a way that it, we, we actually did have less inside 50s. Uh, yeah, just the 10 in the last quarter was come away with six scores, four of which were... Which were yeah, goals. True. Which is that's good. Yeah. Mm. Very good. It's nice. Um very nice. I, I I'm gonna talk about uh Renee Gehring, I think. Oh he was a player that stuck Bring out up the slide. To... I wasn't I wasn't oh. aware. Oh. <laughs> if you want the visual component of this show, you need to go and subscribe to the Chaps Chat Cats Patreon video versions of our shows, extended versions of the podcast. We're going to do an extra probably 50. We did an extra 20 odd minutes on, on the preview pod lads. Um, so we'll do extended pods for you tonight as the Patreon player focus. We're going to talk about Jacqueline Parry, um, $3.50 US per month to jump on board the Chap Chat Cats Patreon if you want all that and more. Uh, but Renee Gehring was a player who was an absolute cornerstone of the VFLW team this year. And something that I talked a lot about when I was analyzing those games during the season was just her experience to be able to be in the right spot, whether that was to get a clearance, to lay a tackle, just that, that veteran kind of understanding of the flow of the game. Uh, and it was something she just did so frequently in the VFL. W, uh, and she was a, a great like extra midfield option. Mm. You know, you, uh, you had uh, Charlotte Simpson and Abby Favell and a few others. Chloe Shear when they played around the midfield. Um, you know, when those players were around the midfield in the VFLW. But Gehring was this great extra, extra string to the boat, and it was whether she was getting clearances or whether she was bringing pressure. And I thought she just justified her selection in absolute spades um on the weekend so she had a quiet season just seven disposals per game rounds one to five at 59.8 percent efficiency uh she skyrocketed there she went up to 12 disposal against the tigers 
at 75% efficiency. So up like 16%. Uh, had six contested. She's averaging 4.6 on the season. Had six kicks, only averaging 2.8 on the season before that. Eight tackles, only averaging 5.8 this season. Six tackles inside 50. She averages A third of our team total. Mm. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, and one, th- one, three free kicks. So I just thought, uh, kicked a goal as well, by the way. Um, I thought she was exceptional and credit to the coaching group for bringing her back in, but credit yep. to the player for coming in and playing her role to absolute perfection. That's a great, that's a great bit of, um, uh, on the run math there, Sam, a third of our tackles yeah. inside 50 from Renee Gehring. Like, I, I don't know about you chaps, but I thought she was super impressive and I think she should be a lock to stay in the side this week. Oh, absolutely. After that performance, it was... Yeah, yeah. for sure. She had a major, major reason why the Cats kept held it inside 50 was because of her with those six tackles, three free kicks, especially the tackles inside 50 like six of those inside 50, just puts that extra bit of pressure on the Tigers. And it has the Tigers also going, where's this player that's been tackling everyone all afternoon? Got to watch out for her. Yeah, just an immense game by her and really, well, just a fantastic way to come back into the team. I mean, couldn't couldn't have put your best foot forward any better than what Renee Gearing's done. And, yeah, as, as you said, it's near basically impossible to drop her for next week. You can't yeah. drop her for next week because what else can she do in that position for that for the cats? Yeah, yeah. She she didn't quite make it in, but she she was punching up around my votes. Actually, she was kind mm. of one of the of a, of a handful of about six players that I was uh, contemplating. So, uh, yeah, no, I was I was really impressed. Um, I I I guess I didn't I didn't watch so much of the of the of the VFLW. So I um. It kind of it, it surprised me a little. I, I would I will admit I didn't didn't see see a performance like this going. <laughs> yeah, and and let's face it, off off the basis of the first five rounds, it was probably a bit surprising. Like she has been yeah. quiet, but then she has been working her way, I suppose, back into top level footy. Um, but yes, yeah, so I, I know I was just so excited to see her do what I'd seen her do across the winter. I suppose at at this mm. level, um, and it's just as we talked about, this is what you have to be able to do. As you know, the Gabby Featherstons, um, Abby McDonalds, the list goes on. Brooke Plummer. Plumbers, yeah. yeah, Olivia Fuller, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, down through down through the list, you have to bring something to it where you're able to play a specific role really well. And, you know, it's probably not good enough just to do one thing really well. You've got to be able to pivot to a secondary skill. Um, so if Renee Gehring's not lining up at, at center clearances and winning a bunch of clearances like she might do in a VFLW game, then she has to be able to do something like bring forward half pressure. And so yeah, I was super impressed. And it's such a good lesson for some of our younger players too. Um, mm. Yeah, super impressed. Very happy for her. Um, do you guys want to talk about some other specific players? Um, I actually, um, I'm assuming this player is going to be in our votes, but I actually want to, I feel like she gets glossed over quite a bit she, because she's so outstanding. But I 
think that was a near perfect game from Georgie Prasparkas. Like she, yeah. she had just to give her the stat, 27 disposals at 70.4% efficiency, nine clearances. She won four free kicks, didn't give any away, gained 521 meters, uh, kicked a goal, uh, led us for contested possessions with 16, six inside 50s. What is a six score involvements? <laughs> I, I just wanted to take like three, four, five minutes, whatever it was, and and talk about the nitty gritty of of yeah, what you thought of Georgie Prasparkas's match. Uh, pretty darn good, and one that stood out, and one that has really set a fantastic standard for herself, and I think one that we. I reckon we all saw and knew she was capable of, after, especially after last week. She sort of would have been, yeah, I think she hasn't played her best the last few weeks. But to, and then to come out against Tigers in a must-win game, high stakes, high um, finals, like atmosphere going into the game. And she went out and played that kind of game was spot on, like absolutely spot on and, and what, what the Cats need. But with the cat's need from Georgie Prasparkas is what she brought, and she was ferocious from the very beginning. Got a good free kick straight away, got it inside 50 really quick, which ended up being a goal. So, yeah, I think what she did was sensational and deserving of all the applauders that hopefully she gets this week because that was a monstrous game by her. And as I said, it's everything that we need her to do. And that we know that she can do. And I think now that she's done it herself, she's going to have uber amounts of confidence going into the last game and most likely, hopefully, fingers crossed finals. Yeah, I, I think, I think like, we, we talked about her um, during the, the preview, I think it was. I um, can't remember if this was in the Patreon exclusives. Sorry if it was and no one else was talking about. But with Jake threw up her um, her season. I think they are, we had felt, we sort of agreed that, she actually had a pretty good year. It's just we yeah. expect such great things from her um, that it may be not until the end of the year that we look back and go, oh, statistically, you know, she she did really well. But I think, and so I think statistically, her game probably wasn't like miles and miles beyond where she's been for the rest of the year, even right. even in her quietest games. But it just goes to show, I think that disposal efficiency helps a lot. Like it goes to show how much better a game looks when that last little bit of the effort because that's the crazy thing really like about it is that final kick whether it's a kick for goal or a kick to a uh, you know an opponent a uh, uh, teammate opponent <laughs> does sometimes happen but when it kick to a teammate or a kick for a goal it's really like such a small part of the game it's like 10 it's... at best it's like 10 percent of the effort you put you're, you're putting in you're putting so much more effort into just covering the ground most of the game that'd be like your largest part of your effort is just covering the field, like getting to where you need to go and then chasing, tackling, um, you know, receiving the ball, all that stuff. And then that last kick. So it's a, it's kind of a, and this is why it's sort of unfair on Georgia. Cause I think that's the, the stat that's probably let her down the most. Uh, and, you know, we talked about this as well, is that it's just that real disposal efficiency, which was not horrendous either. It wasn't actually that bad, but it was just not around that kind of 70 that you would really like to see. Um, and so it, you know, when, when that last 10%, that last thing is a kick straight to a player or straight through the goalposts, 
it just lifts your approximation of a performance so high. Um, mm. But so I, I do think that, yeah, I think she has had a pretty good year. And it's nice that we don't have to look back in retrospect like we thought we might. It's nice that she had a performance that made us go, you know what? No, she's, you know, as, she's an absolute superstar. Um, and I think, um, yeah, I think overall it was just that, just just a little bit like a disposal efficiency. Everything was just a little bit mm. better than it has been, and it just it just really lifted her to a to a whole other level. It it's like it, it's a good point that you bring up that there's so much more to, to a performance than just that finishing touch of of like the kick, mm. hitting the target or whatever it might be. But it's kind of like being a drummer in a band. You play the whole song well, it gets to your solo and you cock it up and everyone's like, oh mm. man, the drummer's really like not had a good night. So well, yeah. they played 95% of the song really well. I think there were just some of those moments with her disposal efficiency at times. For what it's worth, that's her second highest disposal efficiency for the season. She had 73.5% in round one. She hasn't cleared 70 again um, until Saturday night. So like that's... It is, and you, and previously I would have said that probably her best performance was week one against the Dogs. 34 touches, 73.5% efficiency, nine clearances, 11 tackles. And the other thing, just, I guess, an interesting note for me, um, and I don't know how much this changes. I guess I'm just wildly speculating here. She had two tackles on the night, which is a season low. Her previous season low was seven. And another thing to pair with that is she only spent 83% of the time on the ground. That's her, also her season's low. I just wonder whether or not having a player like Renee Gehring in the team who did a lot of the tackling work, maybe, I don't know, did it allow them to spell Presparkus a little bit more? Did it allow them to play her, you know, to let her free in some uncontested situations? I don't know. but. It's certainly true that it was the least time she's spent on ground all season. It was the least tackles she's had by five. As I said previously, um, you know, she was averaging what nearly 10, close to 10 tackles a game, 70, mm. 70 tackles in, in eight matches before that one. So like nine, nine something. Um, just interesting to think uh, about is. whether that might've, made a difference to, to how they deployed her um, and how fresh and they were able to keep her too. If it has, if it has made a difference and if it is this difference, then it's a positive difference and another reason why Renee Gehring should be brought back into the team next week because if she can have a positive impact on Georgia Sparkus, who doesn't have to possibly play as much time on the ground, which gives her more time to, you know, breathe and get that, energy back to go back in the ground and do what she did, then I'm all for it because if we're getting more of this Georgia Prisparkus where it's high disposal efficiency, good dis um, amounts of disposals as well, and just being clever and tough, then I'm all for it. I don't need Georgia Prisparkus to get lead us in tackles. I'd rather her lead us in like inside 50s, score involvements, disposals, and the parts of the game where she's can be really damaging because we've got other, yeah, and because we've got other players to bring that tackling pressure. Yeah, I think I think I'm I mean I'm keen to move on to votes as well. But I would just quickly throw in I think the way Michaela Bowen is being used and is mm. also acquitting yeah. herself yes. also takes some of that pressure off. 
I think her and Erin Gehring are both the players that like that's more what you want from them. Um, you don't need. I mean, yeah. Prasparkas's. I think Prasparkas's season high tackles was the game when she was absolutely dominated, and so kind of just worked her way into yeah, the yeah. into the game in a really <laughs> defensive kind of way. Um, so that kind. I mean, mm-hmm. that says a lot when you go. Well, the player can't play the way you know can't play their best football, and they end up doing a lot of tackles. That makes you think that well, they you know. Their their key function then is not tackles. So yeah, no, I, I think yeah. it's I think she's probably mm-hmm. being able to be rested. She's playing less of the game, but impacting it more. Um and it's yeah, it's a it's a net benefit for everyone. Absolutely. Just throw Darcy Maloney into that group of players, mm-hmm. like someone oh, who's man. gone from playing primarily oh, up forward shot. into more midfield time. Oh, oh my shot. god, I thought that was gonna be one of the yeah, goals, and I yeah. think she thought it was going to be one of the goals of the season. <laughs> to yeah. her reaction to it, well, just it's uh, one of the behind yeah, of the season. That... Oh, yeah, that's right. And yeah, I'm absolutely. just I'm just going to chuck Sally Friswell in there as well. I think she's doing some really really good work. Still, that kicking inside fifty is wanting in a way, but the work she's doing around the ground to lead up to that kicking inside fifty is really positive and hugely improved so she's only got to improve that inside 50 kicking and that's another really mm. damaging player to go inside 50 off so yeah i'm really liking the way she's spreading and using her footy smarts to mm. find really good positions mm. on the ground to be a release and you know i think it's like it feels like about 50 percent of the kicks inside 50 go to a player the other 50 it's a bit of a wayward kick that gets intercepted, but if she can just tidy that up, it's going to be pretty damaging. And you know, I'm all for her getting those intercept kicks if you know it means that the next one could be a really clean kick to a player on an advantage where the defender has no chance. I I think that Zali Frisbell would do really well to look at how Chantal Emerson kicks the ball. Mm. Like I, I think that's one thing. There's a, there's a, there's a. As I said, there's a handful of players who I think are still. They're looking down the line and kicking long, and probably kicking beyond their, beyond their, the beyond the range of their ability to be accurate. And, uh, and I, and I would say for for me, that's probably a spot Frisbell finds herself in a few times where it's like. In order to get the deal. Distance of the kick, we're, we're creating too much height on it. Um, you saw it against Essendon. One of those inside 50s I highlighted was was mm. kicking over the head of Maloney and Shear, who were both leading into available space. So, like, as you chaps have said, and as we've said for probably a few seasons now, like, Frisbell gets in great spots. She's got a great understanding of, of where to be to get involved in the play. Mm. But I reckon there's probably a few experienced players that you could look around and go, okay, so how do they distribute the ball? And I think Chantal Emerson's yeah. a great one to look at of like hit hit the kick that you know you can hit. Um, and yeah, uh, hopefully that doesn't come out as too critical. But it's it, it's definitely oh, sh- a thing that I've noticed about yeah. Frisbell's game of like just she's one of those lower the eyes kind of yeah. candidates. I think. But a good thing is she's still at 75% disposal efficiency of nine kicks and I think three handballs. 
So yeah. that's still yeah. really positive. It's just as you said, it's so just that inside fifty. <laughs> <laughs> it's that is just that it's just that inside fifty kit, that last disposal gun inside yeah. fifty is the main issue. And yeah, yeah, I, I totally agree. I think if you just looks at Emerson, um Morrison, Ethan Maloney, I think um Darcy Maloney, look at those players and see how they kick it inside fifty because they're all pretty mm. Pretty well well drilled on that, especially Emerson. Yeah, absolutely. Um, there's a couple of players I don't know if they'll have got into your votes. They didn't get into mine, but maybe we can just give them a shout out. If 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 not, let let's do the votes. Um, let's do it. Did you want me to lead off so you guys Go know for if it. it's a player you should talk a bit a bit more about in your votes than mine? Because I, I don't know. I'm just guessing there could be all right um i'm gonna go with one vote to jackie parry um i thought she actually i'm gonna change it i'm gonna go one vote to to renee gehring um for all the reasons i spoke about before i'm gonna go two votes to jackie parry i thought she was absolutely exceptional seven marks which was equal high on the ground 16 disposals 12 of them kicks kicked one goal too i'm glad she got the reward of a goal in the end but um i thought she was absolutely immense with her work rate to get up the ground and provide a leading target to link the play she had three contested marks um yeah i thought she was just brilliant um hard working a great third string in that board line and, and is just tireless. And my three votes go to Georgie Prasparkas for all the reasons we discussed earlier. So one, one Gehring, two parry, three for Prasparkas. Nice. What about you guys? Who's going first? Who's you, going you can go first, first. Johnny. Oh. Oh. All right. Oh, do, you, do you not have yours? No, 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 no. I'm going, I'm going, I'm going, I'm going, I'm going. <laughs> I'm going one Amy McDonald. I think it was another really good game by Amy McDonald. Not a not a, a best, but one that's still like a high level for Amy McDonald. Um still only gets to the one vote, but still a really, really good game. Giving two to Chantel Emerson. I think again, just those three kicks inside fifty just really cemented why she was brought into this team from Melbourne. Just just an elite. Elite kick, selfless team player, does everything right, does every defends extremely well, moves up the ground so well. Everything she does is just perfect. Great work. And my three votes, Georgie Prisparkas. Uh yeah, I, I as I said, I had probably about six that were floating around, but I think we've spoken oh, about lot. most of them, um, if they're not in there. But my uh my one goes to uh, Chantel Emerson. Uh, my two votes go to Jacqueline Parry. Uh, and my three votes also go to Georgie Prisparkas. Nice. Who, who called Prisparkas as the headline grabber? That's what, I know one of them did. So <laughs> no, no one did. So no I one did. It wasn't me. Wasn't me. We no, all went and McDonald. No, I said Chloe Shear. Wow. Yeah, you had Shia, no, definitely. Yeah. 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 
I definitely Kelsey said Shia right because there. I can still make an argument for it because she's be- literally been in newspapers because of that mark. So <laughs> I, I think that's true. That's, I think I the <laughs> that's the uh, that's, I literally that's saw the, her in a newspaper. <laughs> that's the side column, Sam. That's the side column. No, it was it was the fucking front page. <laughs> <laughs> Sam's gonna send us copies. Yeah. Um, I, it's just like me. I'm just I, real of newspaper. It's <laughs> <laughs> it like a See? scribble, stick yeah. figure drawing for the photo. The, the um, I, <laughs> I'll just send out. Um, I'd subscribe to that paper. Uh, I will just say Claudia Gunjaka was one. Um, mm-hmm. I mm. thought she really kept Richmond's forward line in her back pocket for most of the night. I think she'll be yeah. filthy that. She let them get their keys out at the end yeah. to kick out. She, oh, she yes. had their wallets, she had their keys, she had their jewelry, just everything. Claudia Gunjaka just had, yeah, Richmond well tied up. Um, I thought she was exceptional. I thought Kate Darby was pretty solid too. Um, yeah. Like, yeah. as much as we try not to to compare, and we say that every time we, that we do compare, but I thought Kate Darby <laughs> gave like the quintessential, like, um stanley performance like it was oh yes it really yeah. <laughs> like she she he he literally is the 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 male equivalent of 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 darby sometimes just like some really i think yeah. she had like five or six inset possessions and um which is one of those players that just didn't have like a, a absolute blind up but really contributed to that overall frustration yeah. from richmond of just not being able to get it out of there um, I thought, uh, yeah, I thought she roamed that kind of outside the arcs really well, um, and yeah. and kept feeding it back in there, and did you know did some some good stuff in the ruck when she had to had to go in there too. So yeah, I thought she um, acquitted herself pretty well. Definitely, perfect, absolutely love it. That is the free portion of the show done. I always That's get the into this. Lot. These sh- Always get into the shows and go, how are we going to do like 55 minutes? I don't know. I don't know if we've got it in us tonight. Like it's all... And here we are at the 54-minute mark of yeah. the podcast. I always, I always walk about in here to... and say to, say to the Loz and the kids, I'll see you in about 40 minutes for sure. Yeah. yeah. Times two. <laughs> Next minute. Um, we're about to cross over now into Cats. the Patreon section of the show. So if you want to hear that, our Patreon player focus on Jacqueline Parry. You can go on over and subscribe to the Chap Chat Cats on Patreon. It's $3.50 US per month. Gets you extended podcasts, video podcasts, and during the season, VFL men's and women's coverage. Thanks very much for listening. Until next time, go Cats. Go Cats. Go Cats.